It is June 12th, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Actually, I had one this week. I had one this week. I got the bubbles. I got yeah. I uh, we loaded up, so we're all good there. We're we're uh, we're loaded up on Lacroix for a while. So I'm gonna have plenty of uh, plenty of Mike pops moving forward. Thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Monday evening in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, over there, stage left. If you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, it's so disorienting. I, th- I feel like I say this all the time, but like doing a non-mirrored camera is is super. Oh, it's even worse now. Yeah, Kevin's on the right side now. If you guys are watching on YouTube, oh, how's everybody doing? We got Richard Gordon and Josh P. Josh Pagriansky in the trap right now. Um, how you feeling? Uh, good, good. Um, two games, four points. I'll take it. Yeah, with uh, honestly, I was going to sound stupid, but. I'm almost as impressed by grabbing a point on the road at LAFC yeah. as I was with the, well, the win at home. The circumstances with the yeah. amount of saves that Guzan had to make to, to get it. I'll take that every time. Yeah, absolutely. Let me see if I could get a little bit better lighting on. Oh, it's a little, it's a little harsh. I look kind of rough in here. Now this lamp is all broken. So you just look like a hostage now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Here we got Patrick Delaney, uh, the dungeon master himself in the in the trap. So yes, you're right. So Brad Guzan, after all the trash talk he got over the past few weeks, um, yeah, he really showed up strong against LAFC on Wednesday. That's a yes, big reason we even got those points. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. With I think I saw it was the first time in Atlanta's seven-year history that they had a game without a single shot on target. (laughs) Pretty terrible. I I can't hear you. I don't know what you did to your mic, but I can't hear you. Tim tinkered too much, and we lost his uh, audio somehow. Not sure what he was doing or where he went. So, nope, still can't hear you. So, so yeah, uh, Wednesday night game, uh, pretty not pretty, pretty intense, but still picking up the point there with the events of this past week. Atlanta United still sitting in fifth in the East right now, um, and only I believe five points, um, five points separating second through sixth, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, yeah, so Nashville sitting at 32 points and Columbus sitting in sixth at 27. So really, and then Orlando right behind them at 26. So six points separating um, second through seventh in the East. So pretty tight race coming down the stretch. We've now officially 
crossed over the halfway point of the season. So um, it'll be interesting to see what everybody feels and what everybody's thinking coming down the stretch. Tim, you got got it hooked up? Are you back yet? Nope, still not. No clue what happened. Bizarro. So he just left entirely, which is just even worse. Really, really, really terrible. Dan's used to doing this. We have a Dan load every week. Dan's not joining us tonight, unfortunately, so it's going to be even weirder. But one thing that always seems to help with these kinds of situations is to come prepared, which I typically am, and tonight's no exception. So It's not the same, but we're still here doing it the best we can. Nope, still can't hear you, Tim. What the fuck? No, I can't. <laughs> okay. I was going to say. I saying that every time. You just in and out the whole episode. Sorry. We're just going to listen to the, listen to the Dan load the whole time? I was just saying, you know, Dan's used to doing this dig by himself. Um, haven't even gotten warmed up yet and had to try to keep this thing afloat. So, uh, so yeah, interesting week. Atlanta coming off of a short week. I'll be completely honest. I uh, I watched the highlights from the Wednesday night game. No way in hell was my old ass going to be up until 2 o'clock in the morning to watch that game. And then with me traveling this past weekend, uh, did not get a chance to watch it in its entirety. So had to rely on highlights for the most part and stats and then watched, uh, watched 95% of uh, – this weekend's match today. So, yeah. And I think there's probably more to talk about with, uh, with Saturday's match against DC, a little more action, uh, at least like more exciting action for us, I think, and yeah. seeing a couple things, right? Like a couple really promising things that we, we continued one trend and we bucked the other one as we scored late. The other is we did not concede late. And I know that sounds like, if you score more than the other team, then you, you, you're probably going to win the game or something like that. But like, I, that's very promising to me. Um, it was nice to see that, especially with Caleb Wiley back in the lineup, um, seeing what the lineup looks like without Araujo in. Um, and yeah. And getting a full, pretty much a full match. I think he played 75 minutes, 70 minutes or something like that. Uh, yeah, he came off in, I have it right here. 72nd minute. He came yeah. off for a Marseille. Yeah. Um, for his first MLS, first MLS career start, I thought he. Yeah, how old is he? Uh, AJ Fortune or uh, John? I, I do not. He goes Johnny by AJ Fortune or J, J, J Fortune. Sorry, Johnny Fortune, right? <laughs> sounds, John- like a, sounds like a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, like Richie Rich, Johnny Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's only twenty, so that's that's yeah. exciting to see him play that many minutes for us to get a result like that and. Honestly, you saw a couple kids on the pitch, right? Between him and him and Wiley. Um, and and then Wiley, Tyler- who is coming back from U20s, in which he started four of five games, I think I heard. Yep. Yeah, I and he scored he at least once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a great uh, U20 World Cup. Um, it, was, it sucks that we, we flamed out at the end there, but it's good to have him back in the lineup because he's uh, he's proven to be uh, quite, quite an asset for us. Um, and I think he opens like go back to like the beginning of the season whenever we see him kind of open things up for other players on the pitch or Almada opening things up for him and uh, yeah, and um, so much so that it's almost caught. I feel like because of him, 
Pineda's had to rethink things tactically with ETN. And we saw that this past weekend by him being placed on the right wing now instead of left wing with the success that Gutman and uh, Wiley have had on that side. You don't really need him over there on the left side, but you certainly don't want him on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he's obviously, I think he's proven himself to be more of a, uh, uh, stalwart and or whatever mainstay in this lineup than has Derek Etienne. But yeah. so I think we probably see somebody replace Etienne at some point if he doesn't start producing a little more. Um, but yeah, the um, the Caleb Wiley reinsertion into the lineup, uh, I'm super excited about, especially because big man up front, although he's going to miss the next game, um, is seemingly healthy. He's starting, still yeah. scoring goals. I don't know if he's. Did you see the back and forth between him and a Marseidich on Instagram? Oh yeah, like first to uh, first to the most yellow cards or something. Yeah, like that yeah. Or something. he's he's uh, Yakumak has said something to the effect of he's chasing records, and a Marseidich is like what the first fastest forward to twenty seven yeah. yellow cards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and what did he say? He said something back to a Marseidich like. Um, Oh shit! I'm gonna have to pull it up real quick. It'll take me two seconds. I have no, it at my I fingertips. Not, I did not see what he said back. But I did oh see. yeah, he said back to say that he said the record is to stay healthy more for five consecutive games. So that's. <laughs> I'm guessing they're friends and they're friendly because um, that's that's good to see him like yeah. integrated into the team and being on social media and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Man, I don't know if I've seen a like a weirder. That's not true. I've seen weirder angles of goal, goals scored, but Yakimakis's ability to score that goal, um, beating it was, I, Tyler I still Miller. Think it, it was. It's it's just funny to see him take the the Joseph mantle, so to speak, by taking the number. Now the fastest player in MLS history to reach ten goals. I saw, um, and then to you know, right on pace, as it were, for the the Joseph goal scoring that it wasn't long into the first season for Joseph that he scores that tight angle goal again in in uh, Bobby Dodd that seemed impossible of a uh, angle for him to make and then Yakamakis has one of his own this past weekend. You just love to see it, man. Like yeah. ah I, I'll take that yellow card because I saw somebody um I saw people complaining about it. I think it was uh, our buddy uh, Brian Diefenbach complaining about it, and somebody's like, "He's probably going to be on international duty anyway, missing the next game." Oh, yeah. So like, he's just he, and he is, yeah, yeah. All the cheap shots that Burn Bomb was getting, he got one in right before he got subbed off. He played yeah. what did he play? 80, 84 minutes. He yeah. played well more than that, right? Because the stoppage time in the first half, but he uh, he got eighty four minutes. That's pretty promising to me. Like, yeah. Seeing how he's battled back from injury and gotten gotten reinserted in the lineup and getting healthy and conditioned and just seeing that was outstanding. I know the suspension sucks, but at the same time, if it's inconsequential, we're gonna lose him anyway. Like, yeah, fuck it. Like, assert yourself. Don't let yourself yeah. get pushed yeah. around, especially as a big target man like that. You gotta know, like, defenders have to know that they can't mess with you like that. So no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's doing exactly what you want him to do. And unfortunately, um, DC kind of played into that, right? Like you've got a big forward that you want to bait that back line. You've got players that are more than capable of breaking through that back line with a quick pass and a through ball. And that's exactly what he did. He was baiting them 
time after time. And with DC's high line, the way they had it, I mean, you left the keeper all alone back there with him. I mean, you're, you're just asking for it at a certain point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Like I'm so, I'm so excited about the future with that guy because him being 28 years old. Yeah. It's, I don't think he's looking to jump to the next league. I think he, yeah. And hopefully he seems at home, like hopefully he's happy and he's scoring goals and we're winning games when he's scoring goals for the most part. And yeah, it's just exciting. Everything's easier whenever you're scoring goals though, man. I mean, that's, it'll be interesting to see what happens whenever, you know, his distribution center with Almada and some of these others aren't really there. But to that end, uh, I did see that Aruju was out this past weekend, obviously. And I don't know if we'll see him return into the lineup before he's gone. Uh, I don't think so. So when we look at the schedule, hold on, I'll pull up the schedule real quick. We don't play again for another, we don't play this week, right? We don't play again until next Wednesday, I believe. Um, yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, it's, I think we had like um, an 11 day break from Saturday. Yeah, Cause basically everybody has a game in hand on us at this point. I think we've played one more game than most teams, but yeah, we don't play again until the 21st and his transfer, Supposedly, his last match as an Atlanta United player, whether he plays or not, is against Red Bulls up in uh, up in New Jersey on the twenty fourth. Yeah. So that's that's when after that he becomes a Flamengo player. So I don't see him. I don't see him taking back to the field. Honestly, I mean, if he's got an injury right now, I'm sure that he's not wanting to come out unnecessarily to aggravate it before going to play for another club rather than just get match fit and, and try to be at his best whenever he does transfer. So we'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't see that any. Uh, see that either. I wanted to point to the comment that I pinned on our broadcast that from Brandon Scott that if you're listening, may piss you off if you're a. Uh, a uh, huge Joseph Martinez supporter. I mean, we all are, right? We all love Joseph. Oh, yeah. We all loved what he did for the team. But I, I think this is pretty great because he said, could have saved money building the Joseph statue. He said, GG statue is going to require more metal. I mean, a little bit more expensive. I mean, speaking of Joseph, he just he just cracked into the top 10 all-time goal scorers in MLS this past weekend. He still the, was the fastest or youngest player to 100 goals, right? Yeah. Like, even with all of his injuries and everything, granted – most goal scorers, like prolific goal scorers in MLS history, I feel like probably didn't hit the ground running like he did as early as yeah. he did or as yeah. young as he did. Yeah. But that's still a huge accomplishment. And it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. To be in the top. Who are the all time? I mean, Wondolowski's the top, right? Um, yeah. I know he just, he just jumped uh, Taylor Twelman, I believe. And, uh, oh, God. He's going to get blocked on Twitter. So, um, yeah. He's tied with Taylor Twelman. Oh, okay. I thought he jumped him this past weekend with the PK. So, so here's the top 10. Okay. I'll give you... There's only one other active player in the top 10. Can you can you tell me who that player is? Uh, Played for like half the league at this point. Bradley Wright Phillips? Actually, I don't think... I think Bradley Wright Phillips retired. Yeah, he retired. Oh, okay. I thought he was still in it, but he's in the top 10, right? He is. He's number six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only other one, Kai Kamara. Yep. It's Kai Kamara. He's number three all time. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's uh, Chris Wondolowski, number one, Landon Donovan, number two, Kai Kamara, number three. How many goals does he have to... He's only two from tying Landon Donovan. He'll beat Landon Donovan. He might end up becoming the all-time leading scorer in MLS history because he's... Uh, maybe not because um, he's 38 right now and he's got another 20... Eight goals before he he hits Wondolowski, so, so maybe not. He's thirty eight. It's still yeah. in the league. Yeah, that's dude. Yeah, it is pretty uh pretty unbelievable because Bradley that's Wright like a, Phillips. That's like a Tom Brady run at this point. It is. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the top ten, you got Jeff Cunningham, who I never watched play. Uh, Jaime Moreno from the old school days with uh, DC United. Uh, play for the Metro Stars to throw back to that. Uh, yeah, Bradley Wright Phillips at six. Ante Razov, another old school name, uh, number seven. Uh, Jason Kreiss, of all people, number oh, eight wow. on time with the Dallas Burn and Real Salt Lake. And then you got uh, DDR, Dwayne De- Dwayne De Rosario, which I think is maybe the most impressive in this list because he was more of a uh, attacking midfielder, I feel like, most of his career. But um, And then you got Joseph and Taylor Twellman. Jossie Zard is an Edson Buttle uh, at 12. So, no. Yeah. Interesting list. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, Joseph is probably, as long as he stays in the league and he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't suffer another major injury, I definitely see him. He's got to pick it up, man. I mean, he's only scored, what, four so far this season? You know? But yeah, I mean, all things considered, if you look at, I think one of the more impressive things in this list is he and Twelman are by far the most prolific scorers of the top 10. So I think if I think Taylor Twelman's career was pretty curtailed by head injuries. Um, I don't know but, though, man. I would put Donovan up there, considering every. I say, sorry, I say prolific as in like how many goals to how many games, like oh, okay, the ratio okay, of goals okay. to games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I guess yeah, that. yeah. I mean, I mean, Lena Donovan played winger too a good bit, so maybe yeah. it's just as impressive. But you know, uh, Joseph Martinez is point six nine goals per per game. Tw- Taylor Twelman's point five eight. The next closest is Bradley Wright Phillips, which who was a really pro- prolific scorer throughout his career in MLS. He's at point five. It's just half a goal a game. And then you look at like the top ten or the top like five. It's you know point four one, point four three, point three six, point three seven, point three nine. So, I mean, Ante Razov was like the next one in the list. But yeah, I just again, like if he could stay healthy and score at that clip, and with his new teammate coming into the league, which I guess we need to talk about at some point, who's probably going to be providing a power vacuum for him to uh, or gravity well, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. For him how do you think off. that's gonna i can't imagine how that dynamic's gonna work out honestly uh, i think it's i think they're going to go gangbusters as long as joseph stays healthy i think the two of them i think the league's in trouble i think they because you can't stop the two of them probably from scoring yeah. um so, it's like I, just, I don't i don't even think miami it matters what their defense is like i just can't imagine like yeah yeah it, you're right i mean it's going to be interesting to see how the personalities mix, I think, more than anything. Like, I just don't know. I guess it's probably benefiting that Joseph is still sort of getting his feet under him in Miami versus the sort of reputation that he had had towards the end of his tenure here at Atlanta, which was just so. I mean, I, I hate that his legacy, I mean, for what he did for this club, I mean, we're all going to always be grateful and always love him for that. But I, I mean, 
to say that it didn't have a shadow over it because of the antics that he put on in his final season here would be lying. You know, like it's just, I feel like his ego got in the way of his long-term success here and long-term tenure here at the club. And I don't know that he's necessarily got that happening right now in Miami. And so maybe that's beneficial to, having Messi come in and I don't think anybody's going to have an ego <laughs> whenever you've got a player like that coming onto the field anyway. But uh, yeah. Yeah. 35 year old Lionel Messi coming yeah. to play for Miami. Maybe Tata Martino to manage them. No way. Uh, I mean, that's, there's rumors about that. Let me see what the latest is on the Tata Martino front. Uh, reportedly very interested building very the, close to landing a, a, according to dirty south soccer this was five days ago just building the uh, first mls super team like all the nfl or all the nba teams of years past basically yeah um i don't know if you saw by chance the post-game press conference from new england bruce arena talking to the press after they played against miami this weekend uh-uh it's pretty interesting, and it, it honestly gave me a little bit more respect for Bruce Arena. Um, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from USMNT days, but he he got kind of like, I don't know, a, a journalist thought he was like getting him to talk shit about the whole messy thing in Miami, and they just played Miami, and he was like, you know, what do you think about the league seemingly trying to do, pull out all the stops to bring Messi to Miami after they, you know, got around, you know, they violated... Uh, they violated the uh, roster rules and Bruce Arena goes, the salary cap. They violated salary cap. Get it right. Like it was correcting him. He's like, I think it's great. He's like, I, you know, I think, you know, I, I, it's worth watching. He's just basically saying the, the league did the right thing. He's like, I, you know, having Messi in the league is, is amazing. And he started talking about his days going to LA. He's like, they're going to have probably some growing pains with him coming in. We had growing pains with Beckham. We had kind of a hard, hard year whenever i came in we had 19 new players the next year he's like i think they're probably going to deal with something similar but they're you know it's not going to be this year this year they're not going to all of a sudden go from worst to first but i don't know i mean i guess in this league you don't have to go worst to first right like that's going to be the trade-off that i think is playoffs yeah yeah i mean the playoffs are going to change everything um but yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't. I think that ship may have sailed already for Miami at this point in time. Yeah. I don't think that Messi even steps on the field until the end of July, basically. So I don't know that they have enough room in the season to make a run at it to begin with. Yeah, because I could pull up the standings. I know you were you were going over them a little bit uh, while I was having microphone issues. Oh, the other thing that he said to like kind of sh- like I don't know, just shut up the reporter who's asking the question was is like they have a designated player spot open, right? Yeah. Said they can play him a billion they can pay him a billion dollars if they want it. That's in the yeah. rules. Like what yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Like good on right. them. They got they got right. messy. Like which um, is crazy the ticket sale values that jumped as soon as that news broke. I mean so every ridiculous. season ticket holder for every team around the league paid for their season tickets by reselling their tickets for that one match yeah miami came into town yeah like i i think like was it what was i was i seeing floor level seats were like at the 10 grand mark at mercedes-benz yeah that's crazy is that right i'm actually i'll pull up StubHub real quick um but we have uh just to go over the yeah you're right i mean miami's dead last they have uh I dude, I as much as I, I'm 
I would love to be in the building to watch that game and to watch him play. But for that amount of money, I can't, that's, that's tough to justify. I, I just, I really cannot see spending that for that. No, I can't either. It's kind of ridiculous. So enter Miami at Atlanta United. I'm about to pull up the uh, ticket. Uh, what is this? StubHub, the resale market. What's the? That's a good question for the trap and for those listening, posting on Twitter. What's the, Regardless of if you're a season ticket holder or not, let's say you had the opportunity to go see Messi play, you know, what's the most that you would be willing to pay for a ticket to get in the building? to go see that game, whether it's against Atlanta or somebody else. And if there is a match that you'd like to watch between Miami and a team, who would it be? Let's see. Filter, filter, not recommended tickets. I just want to see how do I find the most expensive ticket? Oh, they're really not that expensive. Stuff no, I know that like uh I think it was Red Bulls tickets or NYFCFC, I can't remember. Um their tickets before the announcement, the average resale price was like 45 or 50 bucks and now they were up to the highest being like 2500 bucks or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So floor level, there's only one floor floor level seat left or that's listed right now for the match and it's 1800 bucks. I don't know where I don't know where I was seeing the 10 grand. That might have been a different stadium. Or Are you different looking at team. Uh, Taylor Swift tickets again? Oh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> um, even like even supporter section tickets, the cheapest that's on there is $202. I think also that we've seen a decline in the prices now. Yeah. I think whenever, uh, Whenever it went, uh, whenever the it first got announced, I feel like the spike was like crazy. Like, yeah, 200 level tickets were, I guess, they're still like people are set listing them for between five and seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So, pretty nuts. Um, yeah. did you see when was the last time you were at the airport? Um, sometime at the end of May, maybe. So I don't know if I don't know if they had it up then, but whenever we were coming back this weekend, it was pretty cool to see that they've started like already hyping up World Cup with a countdown. Oh, that's awesome. They've got a countdown ticker. You know, whenever you're coming up the escalator at baggage claim, that tall escalator with the big marquee that cycles through. Where Andre Dickens is just like screaming at you. Yeah, they had the one with the picture of the bins on it with like a thousand eighty-two days with like a little ticker like winding down. So for the World Cup. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's super exciting. Do we still don't know exactly what games we're getting, right? I don't know. I haven't. We might. I don't personally. Um, I'm not sure what they ended up landing on. So, uh, and I don't know how that's even going to work as far as what tickets and when tickets will be released and how they'll be released and all of that. But I'm sure somehow, oh, some way, yeah. Atlanta United season ticket members will find out somehow uh, bef- on the early yeah. side of that. Them and uh, Atlanta Falcons PSL holders. Falcons probably. PSL holders, 100%. So, yeah, okay. It's still, I think, semifinal is the latest I've seen um, that we for sure will have. Or, I would think well, it would it's, probably it's be a group stage. Yeah, I, was, I would think that Atlanta may host two games, a group stage and a semifinal, I would think, but who knows. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So it's super exciting though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So back to Saturday, I guess, now that we've kind of yeah. gone all over the place. We got talked about Yakamakis's goal. We didn't talk about basically the same goal twice, but Gutman shooting one time versus crossing at one time, right? Yeah, basically. Well, that was the great thing about that was the goal that he scored. Was it right as their keeper? Right. Uh, Miller, Tyler Miller. Miller. Um, Miller. Ratings I've ever seen on who scored, by the way. He's got like a 3.3 yeah. 3 on yeah. there. So, uh, Gutman's first goal, Miller goes to the outside of the six, anticipating the cross. Gutman slots it home. He just picked the wrong side, basically. Then, in the follow-up, the, the Tyler Wolf goal, he anticipates the shot because of the first occurrence and Gutman slots it over to Tyler Wolf for the assist and drills it home. Like the, the guy just had a terrible break all night between the one-on-one with Yakamakis picking the what wrong side with Gutman. Uh, you say, you're saying he had a, like a bad night. Like it's not like bad luck, but he made some pretty bad decisions. Like oh, coming, yeah. coming on that Yakamakis one-on-one, I was like, oh, yeah. what are you well, doing? He, had, he didn't really have a choice there though. I mean, the line was so high up. The line was up on the like 30 yard line and he broke through untouched inside the 18. What's he going to do? Just stand inside the six and wait for him to run right at him. At least on the outside of the box, he's got a chance at it. But he's so like, I don't know. Yakamakis is so far to the sideline whenever that ball's played. Like, do you not that's trust exactly your defense? Why, uh, that's why I would, I mean, again, I'm a fucking idiot, but I think that the odds are better to run out in that situation rather than him running straight on because the angle is more acute out there. Like, you've got a better chance at sliding and, and getting on the better end of that on the outside more so than him just sitting inside the six and waiting for him to cut it back in, you know? I don't know, man. I, Yako's not like the fastest guy on the planet. So him having to be able to cut in, even on that one-on-one, like to make that angle, you, I don't know. Just a keeper, maybe he just doesn't trust his guys on defense to be able to come back and make any sort of play to yeah. catch that up, but... Or catch up with that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, between that, you're right. He read both of those wrong, but I, I didn't even think about that. The fact that the first goal from Gutman really played into the way that he played that that last um, that last Absolutely. ball over to Tyler Wolf. But basically, the same play, right? Gutman cuts in. Well, I guess no. I guess he's on the left side of the right back on the Wolf goal, but he cuts inside, and that then that shift that we've seen a little bit in the beginning of the season with him and Caleb Wiley, where he's coming in centrally and Almada finds him on that run and he's able to just cut it across inside of the goal. But yeah, Yakamak has played in a, like a beautiful ball uh, on for, uh, for Gutman to get to, and then just to be able to have the close control and be able to pick out Tyler Wolf in that situation. Yeah. It was yeah, just Tyler outstanding. Wolf, man. He's, he's scored what two goals in the, in two appearances, three appearances over the last yeah. few. So, Good on him. I mean, that's that's been the other great thing is that, like, of course, would I love to see Atlanta at the top of the table? Absolutely. Um, all things considered, I think fifth is probably right about where they should be. I mean, there. I don't. the The thing that I think sucks is that while Atlanta is, I think, top two in goals scored in the league this season that they are also top two in the league for goals allowed this season. 
So it's, it's yeah. you've got both sides of it. So like, if anything, that's sort of what's disappointing is like they're scoring a ton of goals and a lot of people are getting on the ends of those, but we're also just conceding a ton. And some of that, yeah, is because Guzan's been out of the lineup for as long as he has been and having to work through three different keepers in the process. But at the same time, like that's just, uh, hopefully they can clean that side of things up coming down the stretch on the second half. No. Yeah, I agree with you. I can, and I could share that too. Uh, I was, I have the table up on um, MLSsoccer.com and just kind of sorting, but it's, it this might be a little small on my monitor, the better. Yeah. Um, it's pretty par for the course though, right? Because if you look at, like you said, we're tied for first and goals four with Columbus. They've also conceded a good bit of them. But we're um, we're second in goals allowed in in the East. But one thing I will say is goal differential has us right at fifth. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the when you look at goal differential, it kind of bears out. Let's see, Cincinnati. If I go goal differential, there's very little jumping around that happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you got two and one are flipped. You got six and oh never mind hold on no we're we're sixth when it comes to goal differential sorry um but still regardless like um the one positive i would say from the goals allowed perspective is over the last two games where's dc in goals for dc is um they're eighth uh or let's see two four seventh and in, in goals four but we've only conceded one goal in the last two games in a two game week so yeah, and going out to LAFC too and not conceding a goal out there is it's definitely promising. Do you uh, think from that perspective goes after another right wing Aruju DP substitute whenever the summer transfer window comes up or do you think they go for something more central? Um I think we probably go with something more central. Um and and Elliot even brings up two points. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I like what Patrick Keenum popping in to say, I still have no clue whether we are good or not. Um, yeah, completely agree. We could, we could win three nil or lose zero three and neither result would phase me completely. Yeah. Agree. So Elliot even says, uh, Atlanta needs to find a central midfielder and he says we need, our Wolf needs to start more games. I think maybe we could use the next couple matches to deploy Tyler Wolf starting at right wing with Caleb Wiley on the left side and see how that bears out and see if he is a viable starting player on the right side. Because you don't, I think it's more important for us to go after a central midfielder to help stabilize things and to be maybe a little more creative in that, that role too. But um, well, we did get a return a piece in the center this weekend, which we haven't mentioned, which is Ozzy Alonso had uh, oh, played yeah. last weekend. So great yeah, to see him. I, I think it was like 400 and something days since his last appearance or something like that. Which for a guy that's what, 39 years old? Yeah. Or th- late 30s. He's late 30s, yeah. He'd come back from an ACL injury like that in only 400 days is, is still yeah. pretty impressive to me. Um, yeah. yeah, everybody was super happy, like giving him big hugs and I mean, that's, that's going to speak volumes to his, his talent level, right? Like that it was that long of a recovery process. And rather than Atlanta releasing him last in the off season to say, look, man, you're at your age and knowing you're coming back from this injury, like 
we don't see the value in keeping you in the roster or in the lineup long term. Like they stuck it out with him essentially for two seasons that he was completely out of the running. Like that's that speaks volumes to what they think he's capable of bringing to that. I mean, that's that's really what's been missing from this Atlanta lineup, I think, overall. Like, you've got Guzan back there, sure, but it's that Jeff Lorenowitz, Michael Parkhurst, it's, the, it's that veteran centerpiece that has been completely absent since that 2018 run. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. It's a it's a huge boost for us, especially if he can continue to integrate himself like um, sooner and sooner into the game, like being able to get in and play more minutes um, or starting midweek or something like that. If you, if you want to give Ibarra a rest or playing the two of them together um, and see how that pans out. I don't know. I just don't know if we can. I don't know. I was going to say I, I legitimately am ignorant to this because I don't see him day in, day out is like whether or not we can rely on him to be a consistent starter for the rest of the year without, you know, risking injuring himself again. No, I agree. Um, yeah. The, what else with that? Sorry, oh, I just, oh, I just, just go on a side quest from the no, central. You're fine. Yeah. I don't know about central midfielder. The one that comes in to comes to mind, obviously as a Liverpool supporter would be a free agent by the name of Alex Oxley Chamberlain who is still young enough, I think is a fantastic player, could play center mid in MLS with without issue. But again, that's a big injury concern and probably not one that Garth Lagerway is going to want to want to risk. I don't know who's still available, um, you know, with all the sports watching that's going on in Saudi Arabia, um, them picking up all these guys, you know, late career, paying them a ton of money. It's not like you they can still, go get a marquee out, retirement. They, lease. The, they still sold out to the PGA, though. All things come around. Are you a live guy? <laughs> just Are golf. you a live guy? Just, just big time golf guy, dude. Just big time mm. golf guy. Uh, no, it's pretty crazy though. It's going to be interesting to see how that crap shakes out. Talk about like organizational upheaval with league merging and everything else. Yeah. That's, I don't know of anything that's ever happened like that before where you're taking two leagues that have completely different, uh, schedules, formats, pay structures, and everything, and merging them into one. WWF and WCW. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well put. Well put. And in NWO, right? Wasn't that all in that mix too? NWO was in the WCW whenever they got bought out by, uh, by Vince saying, McMahon yeah. and crew. Yeah. Yeah. And then ECW got bought too. There are plenty of examples, mostly to do with wrestling and with the <laughs> UFC, like buying pride, buying it's just fighting and sports entertainment, really. But yeah, uh, yeah I can't but think of any the, other examples. But not with the theatrics that that had, where people are literally, it's not like people were jumping ship from WCW to make 10 times the amount of money to wrestle half the nights during the week. And it was yeah, all no, backed right. by Saudi money. <laughs> yeah. Endless, endless money. No, the uh, the only one other one I could think about, and it would be, I would love to get like my dad's take on it was back whenever, actually it happened twice, well before our time, but during like our parents' time, whenever the um, NFL and the AFL. Oh, yeah. And then the NBA and the ABA. Yeah. And then I think, I'm trying to remember if the NFL bought out the USFL or if they just let them fail early on. I think it was like early 90s, but no, I don't think that's the case because 
because the NFL still has AFL teams that came over, like the Indiana Pacers and the NBA were an ABA team. I wonder what that time was like whenever that was going on. Yeah. Well, that especially because some of those players, like Jim Kelly was in AFL, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where he was before he went over to the Bills after the after the merger and everything. If I'm not, I think that was. He was that. in the USFL with the uh, Houston Gamblers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Another example would be like, um, and, and it's probably it's less like sports league, it, like in the UFC. Whenever guys are jumping ship to go make a bunch of money to go fight nobodies, um, yeah. because the UFC knows they can pay. Like Francis Ngannou going and signing for the PFL, and he's got basically nobody to fight, but he's like getting paid more than any other fighter on the planet, probably, or any other MMA guy on the yeah. planet outside of maybe Conor McGregor and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be the closest example, which is, it's, yeah, it's kind of silly. It's, it's super silly. This is the amount of money that they're throwing at things. Now, oh, Brittany S. jumping in at 842, not letting the fact that her YouTube notifications let her down. Uh, a good reminder to everyone, hit that bell icon on the, the YouTube channel to get a notification whenever we go live. And even if it doesn't, just come every week. That's what Brittany S does. And and look, she, she joins the great people in the trap. Some of which we, I think we've kind of mentioned uh, multiple as we've been going through here, but I know a couple have jumped on since we got started. So uh, shout out to Brittany S who we mentioned, uh, Patrick Keenum, Elliot Beaven, Brandon Scott, Nathan explosion. Um, yeah. Whether it's in the trap or on Twitter or wherever, I would love to know right now, put a comment in there. Let me know or us, how you feel about the Lionel Messi signing, Lionel Messi signing in MLS. Um, do you think it's good for the league? Do you think it's bad for the league? Are you upset? Like, the only thing, I'm just jealous, obviously, that Miami got him. I don't, it seems to be a much more ideal location or much more like desirable location for uh, retirement level guys. I don't guys. know how to feel about it, man. I really don't because on one hand, it's the this just plays into the retirement league bucket, right? Like that's, that's on one hand of things that I, I don't know that it benefits, but it also benefits in that it draws more money and attention to the league that then can be channeled towards developing younger players because they have more broadcasting, you know, viewership and sponsorship and everything else that goes into that. It's, you know, it's the whole conundrum of, of what you have with relegation, right? Like if, if you don't have eyes on the teams and you don't get sponsorship money and you don't get broadcasting rights and you don't have enough finances to hire big name players and develop them to go to the next level. So it's like, I see both sides of it and I don't know that there is a right or wrong answer to that extent because there are pluses and minuses on both sides of the, the table. Yeah. I don't know. I, I ultimately think it's going to be good. I know what I need to look up his deal. Um, because there's stuff in there. Like he's going to get revenue share with, now, what I would have loved is if this had happened three years ago, whenever Zlatan was in the league, because that would have been, fucking awesome like that oh, yeah. to see them square off yeah like, that's what that's what the league really needs is like somebody from the west needs to step up and bring in you know uh a ronaldo or somebody you know to to really create this 
arms race, so to speak, in between the conferences to really draw some attention to things. You know, that I, I will say the, I love that he's going to Miami with, uh, with the, the team that they're building there and with Joseph being there, I think it's exciting and that there are a lot of pluses to that long-term. It's not like he's going in and he's the only piece that is on the team that's been provided, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't feel for him because I don't like the guy, but you got to feel for Phil Neville to some extent getting let go and then them bringing in Messi. Yeah. Um, it seemed like a majority of the Miami fans were not super pleased or were, I didn't see anybody that was like, yeah, he had to go or something like that. And most of everybody was just like, thank you for whatever. Thank you for what you did for the team. Cause he played a lot. Like he helped try and develop a lot of the young guys on the team. You saw like whenever they played us, I think they had, like a handful of teenagers that were out there playing against us. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's not, so I'm looking at transfer market um, as I'm want to do. And I'm looking at free agents right now. And there aren't a ton of them that would make the kind of splash that you're referencing. I mean, Hamas Rodriguez looks like he's available right now, which would be a fairly big signing if he still has tread on the tires uh, to use Patrick Keenum's, uh, Patrick Keenum's phrase, um, Isco from who used to play for Real Madrid. Um, he's a free agent right now. I'm guessing he's probably going to go play for, uh, or no, I guess he played for Sevilla last, but he's probably going to go play in Saudi. I would imagine, uh, Eddie Segura is a, uh, free agent. I didn't realize he was available. Former, uh, LAFC guy. That's interesting. Yeah. What's it, uh, I wonder, you know, what it's going to be like with the because you hear it all the time about like, obviously, the skill across the board in Europe is at a higher caliber, but just the the detriment of that for really highly talented players with not as talented players whenever they are more prone to injury and stuff like that, because they are getting rougher challenges, less, you know, tactically sound challenges and stuff like that. Is it also going to be, are people going to be starstruck here in MLS now that he's coming over here and he's going to have his way in the midfield whenever he's in, you know, the run of play. It's, I I don't know what way this thing is going to go. I really don't. Yeah. I, I don't either. Um, it's great for to 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 Josh's point. It is amazing for Apple Plus. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's huge for them, and as such, it's going to be great for the league too. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. What w- w- with regards to Apple TV Plus is the as of I think the eighth. It, this article is from the eighth from ESPN FC, but talking about uh, his deal. Says the Miami Miami Herald reported that it would be a complicated deal, valued between 125 and 150 million dollars over the length of the contract, which it seems to be two and a half years, with an option year for uh, 2026. So the report states it would include salary bonuses and equity in the team, which I think we heard rumors of rumblings of for a long time. The, the deal to bring him over, he would end up getting some sort of ownership stake in the team. But it also says both Apple. And Adidas were offering profit sharing agreements on merchandising and subscriptions to MLS season pass. So uh, let's see. Yeah, it says the news of Messi's MLS decision also came one day after Apple announced a four part docuseries on Apple TV plus about Messi's World Cup journey from his first tournament appearance in 2006 to eventual trophy in 2022. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. Oh, Patrick Keenum saying, uh, I haven't looked in the trap in a second, 10% of uh, Apple TV revenue, Apple TV plus uh, MLS revenue was reported at some point. Um, yeah, just going through some of the reactions. Um, yeah, he's saying, uh, it's interesting. I hate the echoes of retirement league, uh, but I still hope he has tread on the tires. Patrick Delaney saying hype because if it or it'll bring in big revenue and it'll explain, expand the team's cap, overall cap. Brittany S. saying basically what I did. I'm upset that he's not coming to Atlanta. Um, yeah, Nathan Explosion. Messi's games will be fun to watch. Looking forward to it. Everybody seems to have a positive reaction to it. I wonder... So how much is the... How much... This is such a stupid question. I don't know if anybody's going to know the answer to it anyway. How much money do you think a team, like a a team's ownership group, makes from them winning a championship in a season? Ooh, um, like just talking it, about the reward, the reward money at the end of the year. Yeah, like how much does an ownership group really make? But between what the, what they get paid out, because I know the league pays out for, uh, they pay out teams. And I think that the owners get a portion of that. And I know that a lot of players contracts and stuff are, are structured that way that if they win a championship, I know I remember reading like uh, Tata's contract was something like that about like he won X amount of bonuses for winning the, the trophy and stuff like that. But I wonder how much ownership groups make, not just from the league, but if we were to speculate, you got to think about what they're getting in broadcasting and you know ticket sales and everything else how much they're making because at the end of the day like that's really what your break even is is like you're you're spending a hundred and something million i know that that's not all from the ownership group in miami that's putting the bill for that like we just said between adidas and apple tv and all that but at some point let's say half of that is coming from ownership that they're paying 60 something million dollars for this player conceivably hedging their bets that they're going to make they're not doing that out of the kindness of their hearts like they're going to make more than what they're spending you know i don't know how reliable the site is no i agree with you completely um i don't know how reliable the site bola vip is the first thing that popped up in one of the search results for prize money for mls cup this is from 2022 or no, this is from the 2021. I'm sure it's increased, but the finals winner only wins 300 grand. So, yeah. Compared to something like Champions League, what is yeah. uh, you, uh, UEFA Champions League prize money? Um, winner, That's 20 crazy. million euro. Yeah. Go back to what you were just on. Because I saw something else that said like 2 million up on there and I couldn't tell where it was. Scroll up. Stop. Down. Under how much does the twenty two keep going? What's that close to one point one million? The total pool for oh, the MLS Cup okay. playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh that's crazy, man. I mean, I can't imagine how much the teams are making in the ticket sales and Apple TV money and all that in that case, because like I said, it's it's not like they're just doing it for the hell of it. If they're going to be spending $80 million, they've got to be banking on the fact that they're making at least 85 on the flip side of it. And it's not like they're going to be selling them for a profit after that. 
No, you know, it's not like they're making an acquisition of a uh, Almada or something that then they'll sell for more. It's that you're hoping to capitalize on that in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I'm sure what they'll make in Jersey sales alone will recoup a good portion of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, straight from uh, Buenos Aires, Gustavo Rodriguez joining the trap tonight. What's up, buddy? Saying the hiring of Messi is one more step towards a change in perception of the MLS and a commitment by FIFA to the sporting and financial success of the World Cup in 2026. That part I didn't even think about was the implications that it had on World Cup in 2026. Very true. Thinking ahead there, Gustavo. Yeah, that's a good point. That's um, Yeah, I mean, if you had a team like Barcelona courting him to come back... And for him to choose MLS instead and to choose MLS over, what was it? A reported 1.2 billion euros that he was going to make playing for two yeah. years in, um, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to come over or to be able to swoon him. But it, it, but good on him. I mean, at a certain point, how much money do you need? You know, and, and to his point, it's like, if it was just about money, I'd go play for Saudi Arabia. This is about what's, best for me and my future and and long-term goals you know it's a hell of a lot shorter flight from here to argentina for miami to argentina yeah that's that for much. sure <laughs> that's for sure i said miami half bad considering i mean you, you could do a lot worse than being in the middle of a desert somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah i mean and we were talking about it like they're what is, what does that look like for his kids growing up there too yeah. and and that yeah. sort of thing so yeah. um no, and Josh sure. P Josh P that's what we all want he said I'm hoping they'll up the DP allowance to 4 uh, I think Bruce Arena David said that he's like even if they had all three DPs uh give them the fourth let them have Messi like <laughs> for the league like yeah. this this man is uh well, look at what I mean honestly like as much as the the fog of whatever the phrase was, the fog of the retirement league has been shrouding the MLS for decades. Now you also have to think of what, I mean, literally the, the team that Messi is going to play for now and what Beckham brought to the MLS whenever he came and played for those years with galaxy, like that's, I mean, that brought a ton of viewership to the league in general and a ton of new fans into the league. And, and, and you know, some can argue a lot of the success that we see in the league now and the amount of teams in the league now is predicated upon what happened with his run in MLS and the other teams that were – and the other players that were really delivering during that point in time too. No, I agree with you completely. I don't know if we're sitting at what are we at thirty teams almost. If if it weren't for Beckham coming over to MLS, I don't think that could be understated. No, no. Yeah. and we wouldn't have seen Steven Gerrard come over. We wouldn't have seen Robbie Keane come over. We right. pro- probably right. wouldn't have seen. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips was maybe a different story because he kind of flamed out in England. But, um, yeah, I mean, just yeah, it's all waterfall effect, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could even make the argument as Latan, like he wanted that taste of that making his impact on a team on a league and so on and so forth like and you know i'll give it to messi as well like you're coming in and, and coming in and joining a team that is at dead bottom you know you got nowhere to go but up i mean it's yeah it's 
it'll be exciting to see which way it goes for sure. But I don't think that there is a net negative in terms of the viewership from him coming, you know? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah. And the other thing is like, you could look at it this way. I don't personally think, and I think I've said this on the show before. I don't think a retirement league is a bad thing when you're talking about world-class players ending their career here, when they're not coming over here just to earn a paycheck, they're coming over because they understand this isn't as competitive as it is in EPR, you know, top five leagues in in Europe, but they know that they can at least still play at this level and they could still contribute again, Steven Gerrard, Robbie Keane, Bradley Wright Phillips, um, and I think if you can continue to attract those guys more to come over and somehow get them away from Saudi Arabia, like if you could have like Kareem Benzema, I don't fault him at all for taking 400 million, 400 million euros a year to go finish out his career in, in Saudi Arabia. But like if LA galaxy could have brought him over LAFC could have brought yeah. him over. Um, I think. After Messi's arrival, you're probably going to see more guys. Nobody's Messi's caliber, so you're not going to see guys like Messi, but you're going to see more more guys that are maybe top towards the top of the heap yeah. coming over yeah. to finish their career here. Yeah. Instead of going down and playing the championship or playing for their old boyhood club, right. which happens a ton, right? Like a lot of guys, oh, yeah. and I don't fault them for doing that, going home and playing their last season for their for their, you know, their youth club or whatever, but I think you might see more of that um, as like kind of a waterfall effect from, yeah. from Messi coming over. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's all I've got for tonight. Uh, you want to do score predictions? Uh, yeah. Cause I don't think we'll have a recording next week if we don't have a game. So it'll be after that, whenever we get together again, um, score predictions for the Red Bulls game. Is that the Red Bulls? No. No, no, no. The first match is against NYCFC at home. Um, then we have Red Bulls that weekend. Yeah. I think we beat NYCFC at home. I think we lose probably to Red Bulls in New Jersey. Granted, how long is... Are we on an unbeaten streak right now? Like a decently long unbeaten streak? I don't think it's that long. Maybe four games, three games. Oh, I guess that's not three games. Isn't that much to write home about? But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe two one at home against NYCFC. Um, it's going to be tough, right? Because that's is that during an international break? I believe so. So we're going to be without Yako. We're going to be without Machopchol. Without Almada. Um, yeah, Abram. Not that he plays much. Um, who else would probably be gone during that time? Uh, Etienne. Yep. Yeah, he'll um, be gone. Who else? I feel like we had more call-ups than that last time. I do too, but my, I'm drawing a blank on everybody now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, Caleb Wiley got the call-up to go play for the U.S. Like the yeah the, um, the senior team. So maybe that'll happen again. I don't know. Right. I don't know if this call-ups have been announced yet. What do you got for the game against NYCFC? Uh, yeah, I like a 2-1 um, for NYCFC. I also like the call for a loss on the road with uh, Red Bulls there. Um, I'll say – I think that one might be a little bit of a, a drubbing. I'll say I'll say 2-1 at home against NYCFC and then 2-0 on the road against Red Bulls. Yeah, I'll probably say the same thing. It seems fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, 
Got anything else? No, I think that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, tuning in with us. Um, be sure to like and subscribe. Hit the bell icon to get a notification whenever we go live. We will be on a slight hiatus next week again without any matches to recap, barring any crazy news like another crazy signing or something like that. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B in the number four. Uh, you can probably find Tim in the wild before then, I believe. Yes. On Sunday, you will find me. If you guys are looking for something to do, I will be spending my Father's Day, a good chunk of it, um, slinging my woodworking wares at the Atlanta Dairies down in East Atlanta uh, on Sunday from 12 to 6. Stop by, hang out, don't need to buy anything. Just be good to see you guys. I've missed everybody. And then Angie will be out at the yes. zoo, right? Yep, Angie will be out at the zoo. She'll have uh, if so. If any of you guys are bringing your your family to the zoo on Saturday, there's going to be a pretty cool like art market that's set up and spread out throughout the zoo, uh, so you can shop and and uh, do some animal watching. She'll have all of her her fun artwork. She just did a, a map for a Grant Park um, that'll be up nice. for sale on Saturday. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. And I think that's going to do it for us for tonight. Miss you, Dan. Hope you uh, hung out with us and listened all the way through and we didn't embarrass you too much. Hope to see you back here next time. And we hope to see all of you back here next time. Until then, as always, be home before. Bye, guys.